to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame. Coach, my man who will be back in town. This weekend to play Xavier, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. And I'm JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. Now, fellas, we won't be short on things to talk about on this podcast. A lot going on in Bearcat Nation. Now, this episode, we will recap the Maui tourney, discuss tonight's game versus New Jersey Institute of Technology, the Highlanders. And our hot topic discussion, obviously, will be Luke Fickle in the Bearcat football program. First off, fellas, uh, how was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was good. It was really good. Great time to spend with some family and kind of kick back and relax. Neil, what was your what was your best food item on Thanksgiving? What what was like? Yeah, I got to go back and get another plate of this. What, what was the one food item? It definitely had to be that green bean casserole and some turkey. Green bean casserole? That doesn't sound very good. It was it was heat. It was heat. <laughs> uh, uh, JT. It was, it was that good old ham. Good oh, you old put ham, ham on the ham? Yeah, ham, ham. Ham life. I don't think the ham survived. That's just crazy. <laughs> you destroyed it, huh? Yeah, ham didn't survive. There was no leftover of the ham. I didn't see any leftovers. Got two plates yeah. on it, though. I would say for me, my mother's uh, stuffing. Okay. I know some people call it dressing, don't they? Mm-hmm. Dressing mm-hmm. and stuffing. I don't call it dressing because dressing to me is like salad dressing. So I call it stuffing. Okay. What do you guys call it? I call it what stuffing. What do you call it, JT? I call it you call dressing. stuffing? I call dressing. it dressing. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I say stuff. So my, my mama's stuffing against the world over All everybody. Right. No, okay. It's, All right. And I'll, I'll eat it during the holidays, so uh, she can really whip it up. All right, let's jump into the uh, Maui <laughs> tournament. Um, the Bearcats finished one and two on this trip, losing 93 to 101 to Arizona, 53 to 81 to Ohio State, and getting the dub over Louisville, 81 to 62. Now, JT, overall, your thoughts on how we performed? Okay, so Arizona, I loved how they competed against Arizona. Uh, even in the loss, I felt very good. I hated how they competed against Ohio State. It was like I don't think they're, the gap is that big between them and Ohio State, even though Ohio State looks like it. Like they, they probably need some of them dudes to play on the deep offense and defensive line, how they built. You said for, for, for who? For Ohio State. Ohio State? Yeah, but I feel like um, – the gap isn't that big, man, um, for them to, to play as good as they did against Arizona to, to kind of do that egg against Ohio State. I, I was highly disappointed. But um, they, they bounced back because imagine if they would have lost to Louisville. I think, I mean, like Twitter would have broken. Uh, people would have been, like, texting us and asking us all these questions. So at least they, they did what they had to do and beat Louisville because if they would have lost to Louisville, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I don't know, but and we were we were struggling. 
against yeah, Louisville. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. There were some, some struggles first half. Yeah. For sure. For sure. It was real tight. So I was like, if we would have gave Louisville their first win, ah, oh, man. But it didn't happen. So that's good. But, man, I, just, I really didn't like how they played against Ohio State at all. Like, I was just like, really? I so what, what do you what do you attribute? So we, we we go and we play well against Arizona. And I I thought, you know, if a couple things went went differently, we could have been in that game right to the end. It could have yeah. went either way. Yeah. Um. But then the Ohio State was like a totally different team. What, what do you attribute that to? I, oh man, it looked like Ohio State just just punched him in the mouth. Like you ever? All right, I'll equivalent. I mean. The equivalent to this is like you go, you at the at the park, right? And you're like, okay, I think I'm okay. And you go against a guy that's like, I'm just gonna take your lunch money. That's what Ohio State did. They just like took it. And it was just like nobody was there to be like, hey, I need my money back. You know what I mean? Right. Like that was like, hey, I need to eat. Like nobody stepped up and said, I want some food. And that's what happened. And it was just 40 minutes of that. Like, you know, it might have been a little close early, but after that, it was just like, it was over. It was all right. It's get, they, they're playing Louisville. They got to win. Like, you know what I mean? By like halftime. So, um, I mean, Key dominated. A lot of the other dudes, did, I mean, showing all those guys, they just wanted it more and they just played more together um, that game. Um, it just shows like where they have to, they'll have to grow. But I just didn't expect it. To, I didn't expect Ohio State to, punish them like that i didn't expect that personally especially how good they play against arizona now i know you don't subscribe to this jt but i i will say this i really think that there is some mental fatigue which has caused some lack of confidence in this basketball team um they they put a lot into the arizona game which i was proud to see i said okay maybe we're turning the corner but then right back to the same things we saw versus nku we saw versus ohio state and i think there's that fatigue i mean you think about jared hensley i mean he's losing his confidence i think he played yeah, you know yeah. two minutes as time's going down guys are losing their confidence Kalu's just not looking yeah, you know yeah. very sharp true, um, true. But, but but i will say this i was glad to see them bounce back and beat louisville now neil after you watched us play arizona get spanked by osu were you nervous going into that louisville game uh, sort of. I mean, obviously, Louisville has the talent. They're just still adjusting to what Kenny Payne is building down there. But, I mean, you kind of have to look at how they played versus Arizona. I mean, Arizona, we, as we mentioned on our podcast, they like to run. They like to push the tempo. They averaged 105 yeah. points a game. And, I mean, Tabuelas and uh, Omar Ballo are two of the best bigs in the country, and they showed that. But, I mean, heading into Louisville, I mean, obviously you kind of knew like that quick turnaround they would be a little tired versus Ohio State. But heading into heading into Louisville, I was definitely a little nervous. And then I think it was second half. Heading into the second half, it was 31-30, right? Pretty sure it was pretty close. And the next thing you know, they took off. So it was good to see David DeJulius have that bounce-back game versus Louisville. I mean, him and Landers yeah. went one for 11 versus Ohio State for just three points. And as your two leading scorers, you can't just have three points versus – a team like Ohio State. But to see DeJulius bounce back alone for 26, and I think Landers finished with 16 versus uh, Louisville. So I think overall to get that bounce back performance, I know I actually asked Coach West today in the presser about what his message was and what he said to those guys in between that game to really kind of emphasize and 
get them going versus Louisville. And he said there really wasn't much time for conversations, but he knows the kind of players they are and the confidence those two guys have. And he was really, like, really happy with how they bounced back versus Louisville. Yeah, and you know what? I, I want to say this about Arizona. And I've, I've not had a chance to really watch some of the other top college basketball teams. I've seen bits and pieces of almost every top 10, 15 uh, team in the country. I, I, I want to tell you, I, I think Arizona might be the best team in the country. When they are clicking, all cylinders are going, I think they're the best team in the country. Not just because, you know, they beat the Bearcats, and, but I really got a chance to really watch them, man. They're, they're good, but I – with that being said, I love how the Bearcats battled in that game, and they showed what they're capable of putting together, right? They need to take bits and pieces of that game and try to put them together over the next couple games. Obviously, we're going to talk about the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Soon we'll talk about Bryant. They've got to start putting that together here over the next couple weeks. Um, that Arizona game, I know, I know Landers went off for 33 points. Um, yeah. And JT, you talk about that. That's the Landers that we need to see a lot this year for this yeah, team to be successful. For sure. We got to see that. Like, Landers has to do that. And so that's why I was more disappointed in the Ohio State game. Even I understand the fatigue playing back to backs. They haven't been playing a lot of games clustered super fast. Yes. Um, so I will say that for sure. But it was just like he played so well against Arizona. And then not to play well against Ohio State was like a big letdown. Um, just mm-hmm. to me, I was suspecting not even like to go back 30-30, but I was expecting him to get 15-16 and, sure. you know, be there. Because um, if they had that from him and the Julius the next game, they would have been – I think they would have been better. Um, but it wasn't to be, But you know what I mean? But um, it was good to see him blow up like that against a team like Arizona because, I mean, I watched Arizona's every game in that tournament. And they, they are every bit of a part of a probably the best team, are definitely top five. I mean, if you however you chop it, because I mean they they I mean they got the Ramey was it Ramey Ramey kid and he that was his first game against UC and he's he got he, came back, he lit it up <laughs> the next night versus uh the final night. I think he went off for like twenty one in the finals. Yeah, nah, he was nice. They got a nice team like as a whole. They and then, uh, the Ballo, I think he had like thirty in like. 15 in a championship game or something like that. Like he was going crazy. So um they're tough. They're yeah, tough. They got good, good complimented team. The guards have handled it. They they want to play fast. They can shoot the thing and they can beat you up in the post. So it, it, I mean, it's a, a hell of a team. So that's why I was so proud of how they played, even though like it was a couple of times they could have got away and they wouldn't let it get away. And I was like, okay. And then I just that's what that's what make the Ohio State game hurt more to me personally, just because of how they competed for 40 minutes against Arizona, which they were clearly outmatched, but they still um they still, you know, had a shot. You know what I mean? So I thought they were gonna get yeah. blown out that game personally, but they didn't. I didn't think Ohio State would blow them out. That's that's the one I didn't think. But well, you know, the thing that was the thing that was most concerning for me, um, the whole Maui tournament, besides the the Louisville game, was just the Julius didn't look like himself. Yeah. Um, you know, his struggles, I think he was four for 12 shooting the basketball against Arizona. Yeah. Um, struggled versus Ohio State. Yeah. I just haven't seen that version of the Julius. Like, I, I, he's just one of those guys, to me, that's so consistent, um, mentally strong, and you know, he just didn't look the same. I was glad to see him, you know, bounce back and get cooking. And, you know, the thing is, that Louisville game, you had Juice and – 
Landers cooking. Yeah. And I think, and, and Neil, I want to get your opinion on this, but, you know, when this Bearcat basketball team figures this formula out, and in, in my opinion, and Neil, I want to know if, how much you agree with this, but I think Landers and Juice, I think it's going to go either way on a night-to-night who's going to be your leading scorer. Lander could get hot and knock him down. Uh, you know, Juice is going to get his shot. So those are your one and two leading scores. And then Fick has to be right behind that. Mm-hmm. I think those three consistently every night have to be one, two, and three. No question. Neil, your thoughts? I agree. And that's actually a great point that you mentioned. That, that was something uh, Coach Miller really emphasized in his press conference today that he was really happy with how Vic has really stepped into that role. I mean, obviously, this is his first offseason where he's been healthy since coming here. Obviously, he came here during a pandemic. He had the knee injury last year. He had bothered by a few ankle injuries as well. Now that he's fully healthy, he even said to Vic even said today, like he's been in the best shape of his life. He's continuing to work out a little more off the court. He's in the best shape of his life, and he's really emphasized on being healthy. But Wes Miller really emphasized, too, like they're really looking to establish him and get the ball in his hands more. He really said, like, they need to get uh, Vic more touches. Obviously, we've seen what he's able to do around the rim and able yeah. to crash the glass and whatnot. I mean, he's had five nice and double figures already this year in the first seven games, if I remember right. So, I mean, overall, just seeing a healthy Vic, I mean, you have to keep him as your number three option. I mean, you can really establish him inside and then can – play inside out a little bit. And I think it all revolves around Vic. I know Landers, Nolly, JD, David DeJulius, they take a lot of a lot of that uh, scouting report, but you can't really scout Vic that much outside of the stuff in the paint because you got to worry about Landers. You got to worry about JD. You got to worry about DeJulius. But once you get that inside out game going, this Bearcats team is going to score the ball very efficiently. I, I think so. And Vic was, you were at the press conference or the, the presser today. Vic was wearing some, Maui gear. What what was going on with that, Neil? So he walked into the press conference, right? And he had, he was like, he, the first question he goes, so what are we going to talk about? And we were like, he goes, you guys going to ask me about Maui, right? And he had his book bag next to him. He opened his book bag. He had, he pulled out the shades first, then he pulled out <laughs> the lay, and then he put, pulled out the bucket hat, and then he turned the little sunglasses around that said Maui Invitational, the sunglasses case, right, to the camera, and he goes, Let's talk about Maui now. I'm ready. He, he's, he, I'll tell you what, he's a funny kid. I, I didn't realize how funny he, he mm-hmm. is. And so I really had an opportunity to talk with him. But I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's having fun. And I'm glad he's, he's healthy for right now. Uh, we got to keep him healthy. We can't have him be the Anthony Davis of UC basketball. Mm-hmm. Right? Be that, that guy that has a lot of talent, but it's always on the, on the ground. So, so far, so good. <laughs> Let's knock on wood that he stays healthy. Hey, a couple positives from Maui. Um, one thing I want to point out that I think a lot of people missed. Um, I tweeted about this and actually Dan Horde actually tweeted about it as well, but a little small nuance. I think a lot of people missed was Jeremiah Davenport's vocal leadership during the tournament. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you watch those games, he's grabbing guys, pull them in the huddle during the during the little break on before a free throw. He's talking to guys. He's really trying he's his best to be a vocal leader. Mm-hmm. And listen, I love that from Jeremiah because there's times where he goes through a couple struggles shooting the basketball, but his leadership vocally just didn't stop. I think a lot of people missed out on that, JT, but as we talk about 
you know, Juice, Landers, and Vic being so important offensively, we've got to have a vocal leader on this basketball team. Yeah, true, true. No, it definitely is something that I've noticed. Um, and, yeah, that's important, man. That's just as important. You got to I mean – if you're not going to score 15 or 20, you got to be the glue guy, especially I think like the guy that they miss the most is, you know, John Newman. Right. So he's a guy Damn. that I think against Arizona, the way they were shooting would have had, a, you know, I think they could have stole that game. If they had a guy like John Newman. Right. Because he's going to make a player two on defense. He's going to make a player two on offense. And he just he's a lengthy guy. So you can kind of go super long and athletic um so with jeremiah stepping up trying to do you know be more vocal i think that's kind of what you saw from a guy like john newman on a consistent basis so um i, I the more he can do that the better man because they're they gonna need it because you know john newman won't be able to play for a while and uh you know the more jd can do man then tangible stuff then that, i'm cool with that. that that's good for the team i was talking to somebody today earlier and they were talking to me about how important um, you know, John Newman is this basketball team and not having him, this guy that I'm talking to is a basketball junkie. Yeah. He's like, you can see the difference. I mean, John is a glue guy. He puts yeah. a lot of things back in place. And, um, you know, some other guys got to step up. You know, we've talked about Hensley stepping up. Yeah. And his confidence level is low right now. Yeah. And he, he's got he's to gotta get a couple buckets and a couple blocks, big rebounds to get his confidence back going. Yeah. You got to get his uh, parents back in town. <laughs> yeah, he plays well when they're here. I got to, I got to, I'm going to I'm going to Texas dad, man, and, and get, get back. them back in town. We're going, we're going to fly them in town. Yeah, you get You're listening back. to the Bear, you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, tonight, the Bearcats take on New Jersey Institute of Technology, 7 p.m. at Fifth Third Arena. Now, we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, jumping into the Big O segment, it's sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. And in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. Now, this is a huge game for the Bearcats to kind of bounce back and build that confidence. JT, I want to start with you. Who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Julius. I feel like the first week when everything was going how Bearcats Nation wanted, the Julius was kind of the, the key to the ignition. You know what I mean? The key to the car. And yep. in Maui, it wasn't the same. And in the game that they did win, you know, he did play a lot better. So I feel like he, he should, you know, if he can add, you know, finished Maui good, come home, have a very nice game, I think that's going to be key because he's going to be the one that um, is pushing the tempo and getting people shots and getting himself shots. But hopefully he can get about 15, shoot well, get a couple nice, you know, maybe a couple steals, four or five assists. And maybe more, but I think hopefully he has a real good game because he just is a guy that I think people feed off of. I think you're 100% spot on. I would agree with that. It's going to be nice to see Julius bounce back tonight. I think he will because I think he's the type of kid that took the Maui tournament personally and he got back in the gym and he was working on his game. Now, Neil, who do we need to watch from New Jersey Institute of Technology? Yeah, well, obviously – 
with New Jersey Institute of Technology. There's two Cincinnati natives on the roster. for So first we can hit those guys. And one is a guy we know very well in Paul McMillan. And uh, Paul McMillan was a highly touted recruit. Uh, he's the sixth man, it looks like, on the roster this year. He's averaging about nine minutes a game. But he's only averaging like five points a game. But obviously in a first season, still getting that feet under his what. Uh, getting the feet under his belt, but their leading scorer is senior forward Miles Coleman. And Coleman is averaging 17.9 points per game. And then on top of that, you have their uh, six, he's a grad student, a grad forward, uh, Suleiman Diakite. He is averaging uh, 9.8 so points Neil, per game. Neil, Neil, you're so good with these names, man. Like, I think you I think you practice them the night before. Like you, you stay up and you work on them. But I just wanna I just wanna give you your flowers on the foreign names. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh he averages nine point eight points per game, but he's shooting the ball sixty seven percent from the field. So uh you uh-huh. look at those two, but the thing with this team is they like to play the half court offense. They don't like to push the tempo. They like to slow things down and play it at their speed. So that could be different from that could be a huge role for the Bearcats. Obviously, they like to get out and run and get in transition. So, that, I mean, if they change the pace on them, it could be it could be a, get ugly pretty ha- uh, pretty quickly if they get out and push the uh, push the tempo and put some points on the board. But obviously, like that, it looks like we have the size advantage as well. So, uh, Big Vic could have a big night, and obviously, guys like the Julius and Landers as well. Yeah, and 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 real quick, I want to touch back on uh, Paul McMillan. Um, Obviously, from Cincinnati, uh, played at Woodward. Uh, fan, first of all, not only is he a really good player, he's going to be an excellent college basketball player. I don't know if he's going to finish at uh, NJ. I'm going to shorten it up because I can't keep saying New Jersey Institute <laughs> Technology. I'm <laughs> running out of breath saying the NJI. How about this? I'm going to say the Highlanders. I don't know that he'll finish a Highlander. You know, I think he's a kid that as he excels there, maybe jump into the portal and, and go to a, a higher level school. But I want to say something about him. He is not only a fantastic kid, uh, great family. Um, he is a high academic kid, very high academic kid, has his head on straight. He's going to be successful no matter what he does. So he'll, he'll probably have a chance to play, you know, overseas or something like that professionally eventually. But um, my thinking is he's going to go into business and do very well. Also, a uh, quick shout out also to uh, Trey Munson, uh, the other young man who's from Cincinnati, played at Roger Bacon and then transferred out to an academy in Florida. Uh, Trey Munson played two years in uh, my basketball program. I know him very well. You know, I don't know that he'll get much playing time, but uh, really, really um, athletic kid. And, Neil, you probably have the stats more to know if he's going to play very much, but a uh, super athletic kid. Uh, be good to see uh, see Trey again. Uh, the Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Uh, now, Neil, quickly, what type of offense and defense should we look at uh, from the Highlanders? What, what, what are they going to try to do to the Bearcats? Uh, they really like to spread it out, and I think that's something we saw on, off, or, uh, on the tape from previous games. They really like to spread the ball out, but they play that typical man-to-man defense. And that's that's good. That's going to hopefully that'll allow us to get some offensive rhythm because, JT, I know you probably saw this in, in Maui. There were times where our offense, especially against Ohio State, oh, man. just just looked awful, man. It just yeah. looked awful. They were out of sync. Just and his shots were were not good. Yeah, it. 
you know, it'd be nice to see us get back and run some quality sets, not go against like a, you know, NKU play that junk, you know, zone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so. and, and, and we need that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we definitely need some flow, man. I, I, we all need it to look ugly. Um, cause we see how when games get ugly and muddy, how we look right now. And I just don't like how to, how we looking at uh in that realm. So hopefully we can we can t- push the tempo, get a lot of shots, and get them out of their comfort zone and have a good night. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit www.donahueaccountingservice.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. Now, JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win tonight? Play well. Nah, but uh, nah, but for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it real basic, real generic. Nah, but uh, um, try to uh, speed them up. You know, just like Neil said, they want to play slow. Um the Highlanders, because <laughs> they make they make me ground and rep too. But um, speed them up a little bit, play with pace, get good shots, man. Uh, I think their offense and then play st- st- steady on defense for sure, but I think their offensive pace would be key. So I want, they need to kick it, you know, a lot of penetrations and kicks and just getting better, sh- good shots, man. They want to speed them up and get them out because if they play slow, it's going to play into – um, the highlight in your hands, and we don't want another NKU type thing um, going on after the last time they were around the Cincinnati area because they've been gone for a while. Yeah, and you know, you know, you were saying this earlier, and we were talking about Vic. Um, one thing I would like to see is for the guards to feed the post more. And the thing is, when you feed the post, that doesn't always mean the post player is going to try to go and score. A lot of times, if you're a guard and you feed the post, Hugs used to talk about this all the time, it actually helps you out. It takes pressure off you as a guard. So if I throw the ball in the post and let's say Vic scores possession one off a post feed, if I go to him a second time, the guy that's guarding me is probably going to try to go double down or at least shade that. The ball gets kicked back out. The Julius Landers, boom, knock it down. And I would always try to – I would always try to shade to where Landers or a DeJulius is throwing that post feed. Yeah. That way, you know, if that guy has to double down off you, you're 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 leaving your two, you know, better guys. Exactly. Um, you know, so Neil, um, a lot of people, you know, see the team name, they see New Jersey Institute of Technology, they see the records one and five, and they're like, oh, the Bearcats are just gonna blow them out, they're gonna kill them. But I think we have to be careful, and I think we have to be careful of not coming out too overconfident. But my question for you is, what do we need to do to win big, which all the Bearcat fans want to see? Establish the ball inside early. That's going to be the main emphasis of this one. Uh, Obviously, the height differential is substantial in the Bearcats' favor. And we've seen how Vic has been able to get going as of late. I think you just have to find a way to establish guys like Vic, Kalu, 
even get Landers in, down there in the post touch because we we know how efficient Landers is when he gets that little mid range post game. We know how efficient that is. I'll free some things up, but you got to establish the ball inside early. I like what you said about Kalu. Um, I really think we need to get Kalu going. And, and here's the crazy thing: when the Bearcats had an early practice, you know, way back, I, and I can't keep track of all these NCAA mm-hmm. rules on when teams can practice anymore. I swear, when I played. We were off for like three months. I didn't even see our teammates. Like everybody like left. But now, you know, they're back. They're working out. They've got all these practices during the offseason. So I went to one practice, and this was when Kalu had just joined the team. And I watched him, and he was fantastic. I left there and said, this kid has an Eric Hicks body. He He's skilled. He looked very, very confident. And now, and you know, I hyped up Kalu on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. And now, and now, watching him, JT, you know, he doesn't look like. I mean, defensively, he's looking around. He's looking yeah. lost at times. You know, yeah. gets the ball in the post, and I know he's trying to score, but it's just you know his confidence level keeps dropping more yeah. and more. And he's not the player that I saw when I first watched him in practice. For sure, man. Because like Kalu. You know, they said in the secret, secret scrimmage against Purdue, he was their high score. You know, so it's like, but yep. he it hasn't translated yet. And I mean, if he can get going, that'd be huge because against Arizona, when Vic went to the bench, that's when a lot of the trouble started for the Bearcats. Yeah. I mean, they were going back and forth when Vic went out. He was walling before he was out. You know, he was walling up against Balo, did a very good job making it tough for him and. And when he went out, you know, Ballo started getting going to work. And even if he didn't score, he was creating an easier shot for everybody else. Um, so Kalu is very huge for I think this team's success. If they're gonna get to those 20 wins, 20 plus wins, like we like we said earlier in the season, he's gonna have to start logging a few quality minutes. But I will say your guy, Josh Reed, deserves to, to figure it out. Yes. I think he needs to get as many minutes as, as yes. Wes wants to spare because yes. he's been – every time he goes in, he plays well. I know he gets lost yes. sometimes on defense, but that's what freshmen are going to do. But him and Skillings need to get as many minutes as they can donate to those young men. If they're healthy, they need to play because you can live with freshman mistakes um, with the talent that they have. And I'd rather know the potential out now. And the potential, because if they get it going, they get it going right. They can help this team now, and they, if they get it going, they can possibly change the trajectory of what's going to happen for this team. So I think they need to play 15 minutes and up, both of them, and you got to kind of deal with it. I'd rather deal with the young guys making some mistakes here and there than some older guys not doing certain things that you want them to do personally. Yeah, I, I love that. I love what you just said. Uh, Skellings is so athletic. Super he, athletic, dude. Super. And he brings a different element when he comes in the game in terms of, you know, you know, baseline to baseline. You get him out in transition, you just throw that ball up. He's going to yeah. catch it, you know, dunk that in, and that could change the momentum yeah. and, and the, 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 the emotions of the game. So I totally agree with you on that. And then Josh Reed, a guy I've been hyping up for a while, he reminds me of that Gary Clark type of guy. Yeah. I mean, he just comes in and just does positive, positive things. No fanfare, no pump in the chest. Yeah. Just gets it done. Yeah. And I, I, I think you make a great point, and I agree with you more and more. Skillings and and Reed need to need to get more minutes they for have the future. To. They have to. It's for the future because, like, 
All right, they lost a few games. All right, don't put your head down, but let them get the minutes because it's minutes out there for them to, to be grabbed. And I feel like yep. the better they come along, the better off they're going to be off this year and the better off they're going to be off next year, which is really where you got to have. Yes, to be ready Big to 12, rock, baby. Bro. Big 12 is not for the week of heart, man. <laughs> not for the week no. of heart. No, no. it's tough, <laughs> toughest, toughest basketball league in the country. No question Bingo. about that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You, you, like I said, you can win. I said this on five, my other five. You can win six games and make the NIT. If you if you win six games in conference, you probably can make the NIT. Yeah, no BS. Like I think somebody was like seven and eleven. They were like the first seed in the NIT, so they just yeah. missed out on the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? in the Big Twelve, I mean that's that's why everyone's. It's one of the reasons everyone's so excited. Is you know you. You look at the the teams coming in to Fifth Third Arena. Yeah. I mean, we're now having some high level teams coming in, helps yeah. recruiting and all that stuff. We we listen. Year one, we need to be competitive in yep. the Big Twelve. Yeah. You know, and then from there, figure it out and keep building and building. And I, I think Wes and the staff, you know, are uh, on track for that. And the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, I, listen. I hope. Bearcat fans show up big time for this game, and they get real loud because, let me tell you why, with all that's going on with the football program right now, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Um, what's going on with basketball is a huge bright spot for me right now. You know, obviously, maybe we're not playing the greatest basketball right now, but you have to look at the trajectory of where the program is going under Wes, you know, his recruiting. I know we didn't land Isaiah, um, but he's landed other guys. I think Bearcat fans need to really rally behind these young men, behind Wes, and, and be there. I don't care if we play New Jersey Institute of Technology Highlanders or we're playing Kansas. You've got to go out and you've got to support these young men. Um, and, and so so let me start with you again, JT. Do you think the, the fans will, will rally behind this basketball team right now, even though we're you know kind of subpar? I, I hope so. I really do. I I really do, man. Um, I think it'll be a solid showing um, against, you know, the Highlanders. Um, students already show out. So I'm like, it's, it's more so the older crowd that we have to worry about. I'm not really worried about the students. The students normally do a pretty good job of holding their end in the bargain. It's kind of yeah. the middle section. You know what I mean? Um, so... They got to still rock with the team because I still think they can win 20 games, man. It's just um, they played against some very good teams in Maui. And I know the NKU game wasn't what everybody expected, right? But I just think they still have potential to be a very solid team and sneak into the NCAAs. And that's fine. Um, And they they got we got to support them, man. I mean, right now football is in limbo. We got a guy at helm that's doing the right thing. You got uh, you know, Rayvon Griffin just signed on. You know, when everybody in the world said, "Oh, he's went out to Arizona. He's not he's not going to stay stay at UC commit." Boom, he's still here. Uh, mm. You know, um, Jizzle James, probably one of the best point guards in the class. Um, this brain has the pedigree. Dad's a freaking Hall of Famer. Uh, you see him play, he plays tough. He reminds you of an old school Bearcat point guard, super athletic. Yeah, for uh, sure. Wants to get in your face, doesn't care. 
he has all the traits of somebody you would like wearing black and red. So, mm-hmm. and then he's not done. Like this dude almost had the number one recruit in the nation. So, like for people to be out on West, you you cheating yourself. It, it, it JB got got great got a, some talent here. By the same time, it wasn't the same. He couldn't keep it. I, mean, I feel like where West understands nil, he will. He's not a. Uh, He's not being a dinosaur, not not to say other people were, but he's not a dinosaur. I think it's going to pay off in the end, but people have to give him time because this year still got time. So this could be a solid year, but he's about to go into the, the toughest basketball conference in yeah. the nation. So people have to give him time, man. They have to let him get his people in here all the way, and hopefully they take off like a rocket ship. Yeah, and, and, and Bearcat fans um, – know going into the big 12 we have to have their support like have to you know at especially with the home games gotta pack the house doesn't matter who we're playing um this team right now coming into this game tonight versus the highlanders this team needs to build their confidence and to have a packed house the fans cheering for them is going to help these kids it's going to help these young men kind of elevate their game and and Neil I, I personally think Neil I know you're um a little bit younger but as long as I've been a Bearcat fan I personally think where we are right now at the end of 2022 that we have an extremely loyal fan base that supports this might be this might be the most loyal fan base Bearcat wise that I've ever seen that supports Bearcat athletics. Are you, are, do you feel the same way, Neil? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we all saw it during the recruiting process with Isaiah for one, that the way they took over the social media aspect of, Hey, let's, let's do this thing. Like let's come to Clifton. Let's see what's going on. But, and on top of that, you also got to think too, like last year when I covered the college football playoff game, the amount, of UC students and fans that made that trip down to Dallas for the cotton bowl last year was phenomenal. Like there was tailgates everywhere. They had like a whole section of just straight Bearcats fans. Then we've seen it at Notre Dame and Indiana too, as well for football, like these Bearcat fans, they're legit. They're arguably the top fan base in all of college basketball or college athletics. Yeah. Agree with that. The Kenyan segment keys to the game is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. And our Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. Listen, there's only one hot topic right now in Bearcat Nation. We have to cover what's going on with Bearcat football. Luke Fickle announced on Sunday that he's leaving UC for Wisconsin. JT, did you see this coming? Okay. Any signs? Are there any signs that you saw that led you to believe uh, he might go after this year? No, <laughs> none at all. Dude. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing, hindsight twenty twenty that I could have even that even made me think that but i didn't realize it until after the rumors popped up in the morning um and we confirmed it was real was the question justin williams asked him after the two lane game about like was it like something about like 
taking like another name, job to taking another trade. job he was saying like it was being quiet on that front and like he didn't like shut it down like he normally does but it was like we hadn't heard his name pop up for anything so we was like ah whatever and then tw- within 48 hours boom you hear the stuff and it was real it was no 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 cap to the um, rumors and it was it took off so uh, I didn't see it. I definitely didn't see it coming. I thought, you know, hey, he's he's gonna lead them into the Big Twelve. They'll have him for a few years because um, no matter what's going on in Notre Dame, which that's that was the only them in Ohio State was the only schools I really thought would be able to snatch him personally. Um, I was like, okay, Marcus got at least three years. You know what I'm saying? And then if Ryan Day leaves for the pros or goes somewhere else, okay, boom. But I didn't see Wisconsin getting him. Um, I'll pass it over to Neil. Like, what, what did you think? Did you, did you have anything like just accidental? Cause we talked on Sunday and you were like, I know how you, I know how you felt, but like, what did you, did you hindsight 2020? Did you see anything that you, that we probably missed over just kind of going through our everyday thing of covering the team? I think you hit on the, th- the first one. I mean, none of us knew this was coming. Like, <laughs> none of us like Friday, we're sitting there covering a, Big one of the biggest matchups of the season with the top 25 matchup, a potential bid on the line to host the AAC championship. They fall in a heartbreaker, and then I think it did get over, it kind of got overshadowed once that question got asked. I mean, he didn't shut it down like he usually does. I mean, we've seen it in the past when the Notre Dame job came up, he shut that down immediately when the other jobs got posted and that was brought up, brought to his attention, he shut it down immediately. But this one, he didn't really shot. It wasn't the typical Luke Fickle answer. Yeah. And none, like I said, none of us saw it coming. And then once the initial reports came out, we're like, oh, Wisconsin's in play. <laughs> and then it, you mentioned 48 hours. Like it was right after, I think it was like 10 a.m. when that initial article came out. And then by 12 o'clock, it was confirmed he's going, going out to Wisconsin. We all were like, well, that took off pretty quickly then. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm passing it back to you on that, Alex. So, yeah, what do you think? You know, I've I've got some thoughts. So, me personally, um, was I shocked uh, at the? I'm shocked at the timing of him leaving this year. I thought we would lose him at some point. For sure, saying JT. For sure, right? Absolutely. I I think like like the majority of, of of Bearcat fans, I personally thought that Ryan Day was going to have some success and Ryan Day was going to jump to the pros because of his pros connections. And Luke would then slide into the OSU spot. And who could blame him for that? Right. I mean, that's totally understandable. You played there, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, I I thought he would, I personally thought he would be at UC until that point. However, as we talk about, you know, hindsight 2020, I would say this year caused some issues in my eyes. And here are the issues I saw. Let's rewind the tape. Let's go look at the situation when Luke Fickle backed Des Ritter as the quarterback. And the Bearcats in the stands when Des Ritter was struggling called for Des Ritter's head. Matter of fact, I think they wanted to see Ben Bryant, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Isn't that that right? I think think that's who they wanted to see. That is is right because Ben started the – 2019 AAC championship game at Memphis when Des was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that and that's and I was now thinking about that's what's so ironic about all this. So 
So, so they were calling for Des Ritter's head. And I love what Luke Fickle did. And he says, no, Des Ritter's my guy. I'm with him 24-7, 365. I'm here with these guys. I know what he's capable of. He's going to lead this football team to the promised land. And sure enough, Des Ritter leaves the University of Cincinnati as one of the you know, great athletes to leave out of here, great spokesman for the university. He's going to always be looked upon as one of the greats. And Bearcat fans were calling for him to be benched. Yeah. So fast forward to this season, Ben Bryant. He's named the starting quarterback over Evan Prater. So the fan base starts to lose their mind after the Arkansas game. Uh, I think, would you say Ben missed about three touchdowns? You know, at least. At least. Yeah. So the fan base is losing their mind. They're questioning Luke. They're questioning the staff. I go to the UC football home game. They're booing Ben Bryant. And there was bashing of Luke on Twitter by a certain sector of UC fans. And I think the booing in the crowd, the social media, I think all that stuff affected the family. Now, Luke's a tough dude. He's a former wrestler. Yeah. Like, he's a tough dude. I think he understands it comes with the job. But let's be honest. You know who runs the show there? Mm -hmm. Amy Fickle. Yeah. Amy Fickle, in my opinion, has kept – Luke here the majority of the time. Like, I think there's been times where Luke probably look at some other schools or look at opportunities and she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. They got six, they got six kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot to, that's a lot to move and shift. And she's the one pretty much running the family because Luke's got to do his, you know, coaching thing. Yeah. So I think she's always been like, no, we're good. We're good. But then I think, no, I'm not going to say I think. I know. Yeah. Let me go ahead and put it out there. Yeah. I know that affected her. And I think she got to the point where she said, wow, you don't trust Coach you know, Luke yeah. after what we've been through? You know what? Let's see what else is out there. Um, I, I'm going to say I know it affected them. Yeah. So, um, so I think – and I think – correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are at the press – didn't Fickle, for the first time I've ever heard him, didn't he comment on fans booing at the game with Ben Bryant? Neil, were you there for that? I don't recall it. No, I don't, no, I don't think he said that. I think I'm pretty sure he said that. something about. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said he said something about you know you know I, I heard the fans booing. I'm pretty sure he said something sure. about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that I'm gonna find that clip. Because I remember hearing that, and I'm like, wow, he actually commented on that. That's kind of out of his pocket. Yeah. He usually acts like he's not hearing what's going on. So yeah. um, I, I, I'm saying all that to say that I, I, I think with all that going on, it might have appeared to Luke and the family that, hey, maybe maybe it's time for me to move on. Maybe I've hit that ceiling and somebody else needs to come in. Um you know, and JT, I'll let you talk on this, but Cunningham said several times in the presser, he said it was a family decision. You want to touch decision. on that? Yeah, he Did said he a family decision. That? He said it multiple times. He never so said. What does that mean to you? To what me, does that mean to you? To me, it was Amy Fickle who orchestrated the 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 move. So people, people, I mean, you got to do what your wife says at the end of the day, man. You got six kids. That's how it goes. Uh, people probably are mad about that. I understand the fan brace being salty, 
to some degree, like because because it's kind of like it's not. I don't put it to the same level as Brian Kelly, um, me personally. Um, but at the same time, when you when you have something good and you lose it like that, like a Thanos snap of the finger, you're gonna feel salty, man. Because the thing is, Wisconsin I understand it's got Midwest ties. I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I like he's getting a big raise, almost $3 million more, which money talks BS walks at the end of the day. But, um, I mean, it's a low-key town, just like Neil said earlier um, when we were talking. But I just don't the, – the people – he's going to have to recruit his ass off the, to maintain up there to me, I think, because – the urban kid isn't rushing to go to Wisconsin, right? That's true. Like that's I'm, true. That's you, so, you, so I'm saying, like, like you know, even here he had a JQ Holloway who's in a, I mean, Hardaway is in a, in the portal. Selling a kid like that to an urban area like Cincinnati that's got a good mixture, everything's a little bit easier than. I don't think you get a JQ Holloway Hardaway to go to Wisconsin unless they're. It's weird. It's gonna be like it, it's gonna be weird. They're gonna be able to get big guys. I just don't see they're gonna be able to get a lot. Like you'll get a running back or two because Wisconsin has that history, but I don't think you get like a lot of the corner. Like Wisconsin's never been known for having like a ton of corners. And that's the lifeline of college and receivers, too. I just don't see them being able to get that type of kid consistently. But I mean, if somebody can do it, it'll be Luke Fickle, and he'll probably have a hell of a staff to be able to do it. But I just don't – that's what made me kind of, like, take Amy out of the situation. That's why I didn't think Wisconsin would be, like, the school. I thought even Michigan State way I – mean, I know I, I kind of know stuff that reason why he didn't go to that one. Um, but at the same time, Michigan State makes more sense because you can get more urban kids there, right? And it's going to be a mixture. You're not going to have all black kids there. But you're going to be able to get a lot of playmakers at the – the positions you need playmakers at at with Michigan State at Wisconsin, it's gonna take a lot of selling. The NIL better be real nice there because well, brother ain't, JT. you ain't trying to go to Wisconsin <laughs> like that, man. I'm telling you, like I have it's, no, it's, I have no inkling to go to the to, to Wisconsin at all. But but if the money's right, you're gonna go, JT. And they, plus, if we're going the hot topic route, you look at the Big Ten. Your top two dogs right now, Michigan and Ohio State. Wisconsin could arguably arguably be that number three. And Mm -hmm. they're not Mm -hmm. in the same division in the conference as Michigan Mm -hmm. and Ohio State. So if you're Luke Fickle, you're thinking this could be a potential route straight to Indy every year for an opportunity for a Big Ten championship. That's true. But but do you know, in two years, they're doing away with – with the, the, the conferences, conferences. yeah. And then that's when it's just going to hit the fan because you're not going to be able to get the same kid that Ohio State and Michigan is going to get. Unless you open up that, that NIL better, he better embrace the NIL or he's going to be in trouble in a couple years. Yeah, well, I, three. Because like, think... then you're going to be – you're always going to be third. And when you're always third, people are going – like they were pissed about him starting Ben Bryant. They're going to be pissed – I mean, it's going to turn up at Wisconsin, man. I mean – they got their rabbit fan base too, and they are they are football first. I mean, and their basketball team is pretty good as well, but they are definitely they're football first. They're definitely football it's a, first. 
it, it's a yeah, it's football, no no question at Wisconsin. Sure. So I, I think the difference though, JT, is whereas here with Cincinnati, we're still in the process of figuring out this whole NIL space and yeah. where you know how to how to conquer it. Whereas I think with Wisconsin, um, they have more research resources from a financial standpoint for the that. NIL. Right. That. So yeah. so Luke 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 looks at it like I'm going there, I don't have to worry about the NIL as much because things are already in place, right? Yeah. You know, you look at I'll give you a great example. Um Shaka Smart, who was coaching at Texas basketball. Yeah. Everybody questioned why he went to Marquette. They're like, why would you go to Marquette? Like a lot of people in the basketball yeah. world. What people don't know is Marquette and Louisville, the two schools, Marquette, I think at that time was number one. They had the biggest basketball budget in the United States of America. Mm. Marquette had more money available for basketball than any other school. Shaka saw the writing on the wall with NIL. I better go to a school that's going to – now, Texas has a lot of money too, but, but yeah. Texas has a lot of football money. Yeah. You see what I'm saying now? Yeah, yeah. So, I used it. Right. So, but I, I still think, listen, um, I, it, here, here's my reaction. Luke, Luke took the job. It is what it is. Yeah. We've got to move on. We've got to move forward and For we got sure. to find out, you know, who's going to be the right fit. Now, that's what I want to talk about here next. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. JT, I want to start with you because I know you have opinions <laughs> on this. Who should the Bearcats look at during this hiring process? So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to change so like because I want to own our pod. So I talked about it literally. I mean, I had Neil on, my guy Dan. I had just like kind of a venting pod right when it happened. Honestly, I say Dion's my first choice. I understand we talked about some other stuff. So I'm oh, cool you know I got that. thoughts on that. Yeah, I know that. But this is my guy I go with, and I don't care any backlash or what anybody has to say. I would throw, I would do anything in the world. If you're going to do any kind of retread, I'm going Urban Meyer. He's going, to, he's going to burn out. He was an NFL slime ball, but he's, look, 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 I'm going to keep it 100. He's slime ball, right? But he's going to give you the best three to five years of program. He's going to give you utopia, program utopia for three to five years. And he's going to freaking flame out. And if somebody else will want to come there, you're going to have Big 12 money. Long as the kids don't do anything stupid, it works. Because you're going, he's gonna he's gonna get them in the college football playoff within two years. Big 12 is good, but the way he recruits and the way he knows how to get a staff, he'll have somebody on the staff that'll be ready to take over when he flames out. And it'll be just so, beautiful. We won't have to look outside of the program. Okay, so okay. I, I have I had no idea you were gonna go this yeah. route. So, <laughs> I okay. caught you off guard, Love didn't it. I? You really caught me off but, guard. I usually, I usually can, I can no. usually can guess you what you're that. thinking. I got you. You did that. get me. Okay, so you. can I come? Can, I, can I give you some pushback? Go okay, so it. some push, some pushback on. So, okay, my brother works <laughs> with the Florida Gators football team. My brother was hired by Steve Spurrier. He was there during the <laughs> Urban Meyer time. He worked for Urban Meyer. Okay. Urban left Florida. We, we know how that went down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. For sure. So yep. we're gonna we're gonna put that as okay. He goes to Ohio State. It is what it is, yeah. right? Um, and I forget how he, I forget how he ended it at Ohio State. Was it that he was burnt out, or he's always burnt out? I can't. Gonna, I can't. He was I can't remember how he the side. Remember he, pa- remember he passed out on the, like the sideline against me. 
It was like I should laugh because like that was health condition. But <laughs> all right, I shouldn't laugh. I all do right. remember that. I do. You passed that. out, That's bro. Funny. Yeah, we should laugh. Okay, you should laugh. All right. okay. I'm gonna pray on it. I'm gonna pray on it. I'm gonna pray on it. Literally tonight. All right. Yeah, yeah. You you pray on it. So you laugh too. And you've got. Then you've got you've got the Jacksonville <laughs> experiment. And that okay. was wild. Yeah. Everybody knows you know no damn NFL coach. He just took the money. Yeah. That was bad. And then he had, didn't he wasn't he getting a lap dance at a bar from like yeah. around? I'm not okay. So yeah. So he came oh, back here. He's in Ohio. I don't hope like he's married. Oh, I understand was, it. That was in Columbus. But, was it Columbus? That was here. That was after the Cincinnati game. I was here. Oh, so, so, so he's got ties Whoa. to come back. I don't think his wife will let him do it though. But oh, the ties! You talking about the ties to come back because of that girl? <laughs> like he, like he was having a grand time, and oh and just God. think about, just think about it, man. He's gonna you got a lot of win. praying to do tonight. Hey man, I'll pray on it. He's, but he's gonna win. Like he's gonna win. If people can just get by, I don't think okay. it'll happen. Okay, I don't think I, I don't think I think it has zero percent chance of happening. Right. But I'm just saying, if you want to win after losing your best coach ever, go get go get Urban Meyer. You deal with the backlash. You deal with him burnout within five years and you mess around and win a championship or at least make it to the college football playoff again. Everybody wants to go to the college football playoff. If he if he makes it one time in four years with everybody, would anybody care as long as, as, long as nobody kills anybody on campus? Kill. I'm talking about death. Death is the only thing. That, death is the only thing that people will not wait, care. Wait, wait, wait. Death. People care about winning more than anything, man. I'm telling you, death is the only thing that could prevent people to be like, man, about that was a Aaron, bad hire. Like Aaron Hernandez type? Yeah, like on campus. Like that, he, he, he gets on campus. That's, I know. But then he also recruited Tim Tebow. That's true. That's like, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a contrast. That is a huge contrast. Okay, so. <laughs> Okay, can, can we all agree Urban's not going to be the next He's coach? not going to be it. He's not going to okay. be it. Okay, all right. I'm no. just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. I had to I had to throw the curveball. But, okay, my other two guys, because okay. Neil has a good run. We might have to, we might have to do this start, keep going but um, for a few more minutes. I'm sorry we're getting long-winded today, guys. But no, my other done. two guys, I like I like the two-lane coach. I know he's a little long in the two far as age. But didn't didn't they Fritz, say he was staying? They just yeah, they just announced Willie. That Fritz just means the teams that ask, he ain't going. I don't know if we've asked yet. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't leave for All Georgia right. Tech, but if okay. Cincinnati came calling, I think I would dip. Okay, right, All right. All right. So, so him, I like things. him. I like him, and I like the the um the Coastal Carolina coach. Those are and then like those are the two like pure coaches that have been there places that I would take personally them too but I, i'm telling you if i was if i was running the show i would kick the tires on urban meyer see what's going on but that ain't gonna happen and i know i don't think john would call him but i do like the the i like willie fritz a lot where he came in here and how he's developed it if he can if he can do that to lane give him some cincinnati resources where's he from i don't know where he's from from i know he's he's been head coach for a while and he's, okay. he's got a, uh, almost got a winning record at Tulane. That's all, that's like uh Yeah, he's doing good things. I mean yeah. he came in with a great game plan against the Bearcats. They executed yeah. with, you know, all everything the against them. They they yeah. executed one. Yeah, I mean no 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 question about that. Okay, so I, I think you're um wrong about Urban. Um <laughs> uh the Tulane. I, I get, okay, Neil, we better go. To, we better go to you really quickly before before JT starts again. 
What do you think, Neil? <laughs> yeah, so obviously everyone would like to see Dion, but I really think that's an unrealistic option. And mm-hmm. overall, my my number one right now is I like the offensive coordinator, Alex Golesh from Tennessee. After doing more research, he's taken that offense from a 172nd ranked offense to the number one offense in college football in two years. And we need an offensive minded head coach. But if we can't land him, I would, I'm definitely kicking the tires on giving Brian Hartline a call at Ohio State. Obviously, we know how much he's making as a wide receiver coach, which is $900,000. And then on top of that, you give him, you know, his past history to recruit. It's right up the road, but you definitely got to give him a call. Most definitely have to kick it, see what Brian Hartline wants as a call. But if not, I'm going Jesse Minter from Michigan. Oh, so all assistant coaches currently. All assistant coaches. So, so let me ask you this then, Jay, uh, Neil. Do you think Cunningham, like the West Miller hire, he's looking for somebody with head coaching experience? Because listen, going into the Big Twelve, you better have somebody that's going to be able to kind of guide this ship. Yeah, most definitely. I think he's got to really look see if there is that head coaching experience. But overall, I mean, the Big Twelve, the times now, I mean. You got you got to go soon. Transfer portal opens up on Monday, so it's one of those things you got to make that decision now. Yeah, but most definitely, I think uh, John Cunningham is going to look at somebody with head coaching experience when it comes into the hiring process of who they decide to be their next coach. But those three guys really stand out to me, and it's Brian Hartline, Alex Golesh, and Jesse Minter. I mean, real realistically, I would love to see Brian Hartline. I mean, just look at the recruiting process he's done. I mean. He's brought in all the top talent to Ohio State. He's played the key role in uh, developing guys like Chris Olave, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson. And now look at what he's got down there. He's got Marvin Harrison Jr., Ameka Ubeka, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba. He's got all the. He's got this number one wide receiver class coming in. He's got the number one and number two wide receivers coming in with four, five, and six. So overall, I mean, you can't doubt the man's recruiting history. The recruiting history is there, and then you bring that right down the road to Cincinnati in a school where he could bring some of those recruits even potentially. I mean, overall, that would just be astronomically a huge slam dunk hire, in my opinion, for the Bearcats. But overall, I think John Cunningham will most definitely look at uh, hiring someone with head coaching experience, whether that is guys like Matt Campbell. Uh, Matt Campbell is going to be the name that really sticks out to a lot of people, uh, coach at Iowa State. But overall, I mean, you could also look at up. There's also a lot of guys out there who have this tie to Cincinnati. I mean, look at Brian Mason, the special teams coach from Notre Dame. He was here last year, played a huge part in the playoff run. And then you even have Ohio State safeties coach. It's something I I don't see it happening, but I would love to give our guy Perry Eliano a call and see what he thinks. It, you know, the one thing about – Cunningham is I think he's pretty close to the best during these process of, of the hiring excuse me the hiring process so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like with West right like with West Miller um, when everyone was talking about this candidate that candidate nobody had West Miller on the board no and no. even <laughs> hey and, and, and Wes is my guy but even when it was announced West Miller's the new head coach I'm like who <laughs> I'm like I was like I don't know who West Miller is and um, and it turns out I, I I think it's a great hire. So I well, first of all, Cunningham is close to the best. So the, the I think the one one of the great things that I have found out about John 
Cunningham, as I've gotten to know him extremely well, is I think he does an excellent job of going out and asking other people he trusts opinion yeah. and gathering information, right? There's some people that think they may know it all. You got some yeah. athletic directors like, I'm going to make this decision and I'm yeah. going to be the guy. Whereas I think he's really good because one time he and I had a meeting and he was telling me all the different people he talked to about this and that. And I'm like, man, you really do your research. Like he yeah. really, really is well-researched. So there's no doubt in my mind. This is why when, when Luke took the Wisconsin job, I wasn't concerned in, in, for, for several reasons. Well, obviously it, it's always concerning. You lose your head coach, but I wasn't concerned from a standpoint that the program was going to lose any steam because I knew Cunningham was going to go out, do some great research and hire, I think, the right person, the best available person that fits, you know, what this program needs. And, and two things I look look at right away and get your guys' opinion on this. So if I'm John Cunningham and I'm in his shoes, <clears throat> um, the top of my list is going to be recruiting and recruiting twofold. Well, actually, take that back. Recruiting threefold. One, you've got to re-recruit your current players. Number two, you have to recruit those kids that have committed and decommitted. And then thirdly, you have to look at the future of the recruiting for this program and what type of player you're looking for, right? So I think you've got to get the right – not only the – here's what people miss sometimes. You not only have to find the right head coach – but that right head coach has to bring in the right staff. I think if we go back and we look at Luke Fickle's success, you look at the group with Sauce Gardner, Alec Pierce, uh, Dez, you look at all those guys, <clears throat> you think about who recruited them. Yeah. I think Wes had a solid staff. Now, a lot of those staff guys have gone on. Greg Scruggs is with the uh, Jets. Marcus yeah. Freeman's gone, right? Yeah. Um, Armand Finch. Like, you've had great assistance. I know, I know Perry – is at uh, Ohio State now. Yeah, right? yeah. So you got a lot of great guys there in place. So whoever gets this job, I think, not only has to be able to handle that recruiting, but has to have a staff in place that you feel comfortable they're going to go out and, and really take down those three levels I just talked about. Now, the second part to it is NIL. You have to have a good grip on NIL and a good understanding. And, and I think – this is where maybe Luke and John and the athletic department may have had their differences, but this next head coach has to be in tune with what the university is thinking and wanting to do in terms of NIL. Yeah. And they have to be completely bought in JT, your thoughts. For sure, man. That was one of the main, that was one of the questions. I think it might've came up two or three times in the presser and whoever takes this job or who, um, will have to be bought in NIL. Like, that's that's key because that's where college is going. And you have to understand and accept it's not going anywhere. And John Cunningham said it. So um, I know whoever's taking a job, unless they're just going to fib 100%, they have to be bought in NIL. And it's, it's just the way of the world for these young men, these young athletes. So you got to embrace it. It's not going anywhere. The portal isn't going anywhere. And it is what it's it not. is. It's not. It's it's not. You know, just like coaches can leave, kids can leave, young men can leave. So, hopefully, whoever comes in buys in and is totally on board. I'm pretty sure they're going to vet them good enough that they're going to know they're on board. And then the ship keeps going. You know what I mean? Because the ship's going to go no matter what. Just hope it doesn't 
you know, the wrong hire can sink it because it's going to the Big 12. And I just think I I trust in John Cunningham to, to make the right decision. It's just that until it happens, everybody's kind of on pins and needles because, you know, a lot of stuff going on. People are decommitting. You have, you know, current players, in, you know, in limbo. You, you know, who can they keep? Who's Who could possibly go yeah. on the portal and go somewhere else? So it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know. So we'll see what happens. And hopefully sooner than later, you know, we have the new the new guy out of the ship. And, and listen, I'm not as concerned. I know probably in ninety uh, percent of the people, yeah. uh, Bearcat Nation, ninety percent of Bearcat Nation. I'm probably in the ten percent that I'm not concerned about the people that have decommitted to current players. And, and here's why: because with that right hire and that right staff, they'll be able to articulate, you know, what they want to do from a cultural standpoint, yeah. their playing style, and they'll be able to keep uh, the core group. And then, two, who's to say that some of the recruits that Fickle and his staff got to commit or what's going to fit with this next coach. Maybe he wants to find some other guys yeah. too. Right. True. So, true. you know, yeah. the, you know, you know, it might be hand in hand. He might need some of those guys that Fickle did recruit because there's some four-star guys that we know can, can really fucking play. Yeah, yeah. But then there's some guys out there. They probably want to want to bring in on their own. So, well, let me jump into this. And this is kind of like my hot take for the, the podcast. Um, I know, um, some people had messaged me, some Bearcat fans, some friends had texted, uh, a couple friends had called, and everyone was screaming Deion Sanders, primetime, uh, to be the next head co- coach. And um, I'm here to say I am not for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's not a popular opinion. Not a popular, not, opinion. Not a popular it's not a popular opinion. opinion. And it's nothing against Deion because, listen, my childhood, you know, you look at the Michael Jordans, the King Griffey Juniors, the Deion Sanders, like, you, you know, yeah. you can put all those guys in a, in a pot. And that's kind of like what got me excited about sports. So, I mean, prime time was, it was must watch. So yeah. big, big fan of his. Now I think him becoming the next head coach or potentially the next head coach to the Cincinnati Bearcats. I see a lot of red flags in my opinion um, that I think it's not a good fit. First of all, I'll start with the, uh, I think Cunningham's personality, and I, I think several people have mentioned this um, probably today or in, in last couple of days, but I don't think Cunningham and um, Dion's personalities mesh well together because um, as we have seen, when Dion has a problem, he's going off. And yeah. <laughs> I don't think Cunningham and, and Pinto want to want to deal with that. Um <laughs> Uh, thirdly, um, I think a lot comes with Dion. Um, and I think he's been great for HBCU uh, uh, as a community, um, as a school, the school he's at, because he's brought a lot of attention and light. He's brought a lot of resources to those young people, which I think is great. Uh, I would love for him to stay in that HBCU space to help continue to grow that and make that a prominent thing in, in college sports. Um, but 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 for UC, I don't think I think he's I think him being at UC, he's more about Dion's brand than he is the Bearcat brand. He's got a camera crew that follows him around. He's got all the show. Like, I feel like he's still the same guy that played on the field as he is now. Like he hasn't that person. It's like a WWE character. You know, he's still mm-hmm. that same guy. Now, listen, he knows football. 
I, I, I don't have any question. He's got a great staff there. Like none of that's a question to me. I think it's the other stuff. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's a good fit. And then um, you got to remember too, he had a falling out uh, with uh, Nike and he's an Under Armour guy right now. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <don't>... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I, I, I feel you. Like, that's the one. That's my only negative right now for DI is the is the UA part. The UA part, because like, mm. <laughs> we got to resign with UA. <laughs> hey, we got uh, no. <laughs> we got to. We... See... <laughs> we can that all. We can that. I know. All I JT, listen. I, listen. I'm sorry. I like. I love. I'm going to support the programs no matter what. But I have been pulling my like. If if I was the person that was going bald, I would definitely be bald because I have dreaded all of our tenure at UA. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say did you say bald? Are if you I was going bald. If I was going bald, I'm no disrespect, Alex. If I was going did- ball, I would. If I, you know how, like, you know how guys are holding on, and they don't, they don't. LeBron, you know, LeBron, yeah, yeah. Like if, if I was LeBron, LeBron yeah. If I was LeBron in it, right, I would have to just shave. I could because I wouldn't yes. be able to. I wouldn't be because I would because I I have dreaded it. UA, I know they got a lot of money from UA. I understand they needed the money, but I have dreaded UA since day one. And I understand younger people are okay with it. But people from I went I've one of the main reasons I am covering UC is because of the affiliations they had. Plus, I love the basketball team, so I will always hold a certain brand higher in my heart. And UA is not one of them. Well, listen, I think <laughs> when you think about Bearcat sports, I think there is an association with Nike and Jordan. Yeah. Um, not only locally, not only in the Cincinnati, you know, Bearcat yeah. community, but I think nationally. You know, I'm I'm different places. I've talked, I got friends all over the country, and they're they always talk about the Jordan yeah. era with, with UC. And um at one point Nike uh football, uh the football yeah. team had Nike, but I think there's an association there and we'd like to get back. And I think rolling into the Big 12, we need a big time apparel deal. Um, I don't and I don't think UA is the Under Armour is that big time apparel deal for us. So mm-hmm. I think if Dion's that roadblock um, and listen, you know, you, you <laughs> some people might say, well, forget the apparel. We need a good. I don't even and my problem is I don't even know that even if Dion was hired as the coach, I don't know that he would be here that long. Not to stop. Yeah, to stop. He, he's you know, not going to spend nobody. I mean, anybody that comes. I think three to five, four year tops, but hopefully they stay longer. Cause I don't think you want a guy that's saying they're going to plant their feet anymore. Cause then they're going to tub reveal you. Cause then you oh, get a super don't. retread. You're going to get a super retread. That's all oh, retiring here. <laughs> and we don't want that because then we're going to no. be in football no. hell. And I trust me covering the end of the tub reveal was something that I wouldn't want anybody. No. I wouldn't even want my, my, my worst enemy to have to do that. Trust me. Cause no. it was. We- Painful. Yeah, we don't even no, need it. It was, no, it was no fun. It was no. no fun for the media. It's no fun for the fans. And thank God that we were winning a little bit in basketball during those times because I could have went bald again. <laughs> again. I would have looked at the and so, I didn't know. JT, you keep coming back to this bald thing and you 
everything, and I'm bald, and I'm I'm taking this very taking a little personal. Right okay, man, this I'm sorry. Podcast man. is taking a turn. Oh, it's taking a turn. My bad. Look, man, I'm sorry. Ain't no, ain't no this. It's all good, man. So I'm saying, I'll, I'll, let me say next time I'm meeting them. <laughs> JT, JT, <laughs> nah, but, nah, but for real, this um, it was bad. All right, so I'll say, covering this the team while Tuberville was here was like watching paint dry. How about that? And you, nobody wants to watch yes. paint dry. Nobody, no. So that's what it was like. And I'm glad, Neil, you should be lucky no. you didn't co- be able no. to cover around there because it was no fun. Like, you know how we were having fun last few years? No fun. No fun. Yeah, I don't want to go to the Tupperville again, man. It was not fun. It was very boring. Yep. Uh, you're, when they did go to bowls, they were getting scraped up, and then they didn't make a lot of bowls. He was insulting fans. Yeah. <laughs> Helped them get can't. Um and it's no fun, but the UA thing, yeah, I, I don't, I can't do UA anymore personally. Not take the media part out of it, gotta get rid of UA. <laughs> but no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, but you know, as long as they hire somebody, it's not a super retread. Um, only yep. person that's a retread that I would say is is Urban, but I, that's not gonna happen. But he's the one of the greatest coaches in college football ever. One of the greatest coaches in college football. No matter what you say, he's King Slime, and I'll admit it. But he he's a hell of a coach. He everywhere he's won, he's everywhere he's went, he's won a lot and hell of a lot. Um, but they go go young, get a good staff, or just get somebody that's proven that is on a come up. They can't be on a come down. Like I'm like that's why I like the Matt Campbell. I know you you're big on Matt Campbell a little bit, but I, I saw you change your tune. Um, Matt Campbell is struggling in the Big 12. I don't want a guy that's struggling. I can't I can't have a guy that's struggling. He, he's like one in seven or something shit this year. And he was like 500 last year. I'm cool on that. He's on the decline. Um, and I don't want him to Tuberville us. Anything that's on the decline, I think of Tuberville. Tuberville was struggling at Texas Tech. We were like, oh, he was 12 and 0 back when I was 10 years old. Let's get Tuberville. We all thought it was all good. He had Utah, he had Utah's. Sold us and he finessed us out of our money. We can't yes, get finessed out of our money right now. We got to be smart. We can't get crypto. We can't hey, get hustled. And I want to <laughs> say, and I want to say, the Under Armour deal that was in place was because of Tuberville. It was. He got us money. I'll give him that. He still finessed us though. Because he probably he gave, because he probably gave all that money he was given from there to him, probably. Well, he had <laughs> he had stock in Under Armour. That's <laughs> so why. He, he won. won. He like won. he won. Like how, who voted for that guy anyway? In the yeah. whoever voted for him is they. We you know what? Whoever voted for him never attended the UC football game ever, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Yeah, him and Herschel Walker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we won't get too. That's our new Walker. We won't go too crazy. We won't and go Herschel too crazy. Walker, if Herschel Walker interviewed for the Bearcats coaching job, I would I would leave. I would yes, never. I would. Yeah, I feel you. I have to cover somebody else. Oh man, the Twyman <laughs> segment is sponsored by Ninety Three Ways to Mentor. Ninety Three Ways to Mentor is a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit our website 
93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellows, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Tax Lee, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota, 93 Ways to Mentor. And we always want to give a shout out to Mio's Pizzeria on 2634 Short Vine. Make sure you attend before all Bearcat football and basketball games. You know what pizza I really like at Mio's? Fellas, I get it's the sesame seed crust with green peppers, onion, and chicken. That's why I put that. That's the Meech pizza. Okay. All right. Okay, so Bearcat fans, let us know when y'all get the meat pizza, man. I'm a, get, I'm a, I don't know. I just get you need some pepper, pepperoni, sausage, ham, bacon. Throw some jalapenos on that bad boy. Oh let's no, go. let's get it. Not the, not the jalapeno. Our banana peppers don't feeling like not as spicy. Ugh. Okay. What about what about you, Neil? I'm a typical plain bacon, cheese, or pepperoni guy. Oh. I'm plain. <laughs> well, I don't need I don't need pork, red meat, any of that stuff. So what you guys just said is disgusting to me. So I'm just gonna let it. Pork is so good, man. You just understand? 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 Change your lifestyle. You gotta live. You know what I mean? I'm about to go. I'm about to go uh, plant based here in a couple of years. I've been incorporating plant based uh, meals. Pray for you, man. I'm, into my you... diet. They're good. I like. Hey, them. hey, do what you do, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna knock it. I'm not gonna knock it. I'm just saying, me, you're gonna see, you're gonna have a lot of pork around me. Mm. I ain't gonna force the pork on you or nothing like that, but I'm just saying. No, hey, the, pig, got... the pig is my friend. We're <laughs> gonna have on. those uh more of those Chick-fil-A brownies, right? Oh, uh, those brownies are oh uh, man, death. That's the that's man. a whole story for itself there, Alex. Yeah, yeah. We I don't yeah. even know what that's about, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll... We'll venture down that. Okay, hey, quickly, last thing before we sign off here is, um, JT, I'll start with you real quick, but um, timetable on the new hire. When will we know the next Bearcat head coach? All right, so perfect world, they'll have a new coach by Sunday. Sunday, that's your guess. Perfect world, but I think, I say perfect world, but I say before their bowl game, they'll have a new coach no matter what. I think with that's. Um, I'm guessing they'll probably play either um, mid-December or a little bit after Christmas in that range. So, but I think they'll have a legit, like a legit coach signed before then for sure. But I think by Sunday, I think by Sunday um, they'll have a coach. Okay, Neil. Yeah, I, th- I think we have one potentially locked down by Saturday or Sunday. Obviously you got to get it done before the weekend with the transfer portal opening on Monday. I think you just have to get it done by, by when that portal opens. Cause we all know how the transfer portal works. And if you don't have a head coach heading into that portal, it's going to be a, an interesting off season, but no matter what, I think we get the head coach possibly get that lockdown this weekend. And then we'll, they'll have some sort of aspect in terms of coaching this team's bowl game. I agree. I think we're going to have a new head coach on Sunday. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. Now, we will be back on December 4th at 10 a.m. to preview the Bryant game. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats.